You're listening to season three of the Achieve With Me podcast. I am your host, Rachel Gilfrin, and I'll be spending the next few minutes chatting to you about what achieving, winning, and success mean to you. As a confidence and career coach, I am a huge believer that success is strongly linked to having a positive mindset. My mission is to empower ambitious women like you to gain the confidence to smash your goals and keep progressing in your career. In this series, I will be sharing some really valuable tips and techniques to help you get ahead in your career. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Good morning, my ambitious ladies, and welcome back to another episode of the Achieve With Me podcast. Now, today is a really exciting interview episode where we're going to be welcoming a guest on to talk about male allyship within organizations. Now, most of you know, and I think that some of our listeners have actually been through my corporate program, but some of you know that I am hugely passionate about addressing gender diversity within leadership roles in organizations. And I have a firm belief that the three pillars of my business, which are mindsets, confidence and communication skills, are massive contributors towards that. However, I also understand that the world is evolving. Lots of organizations are changing the way that they provide a culture for women to thrive. And I know that there's all sorts of different contributors that can keep that going as moving parts and can really ensure that we have a successful culture to provide that environment. So it's really important to me to get lots of different perspectives surrounding this so that we have all the tools that we have possible to create a positive environment. So today I am going to be welcoming Raj onto the show. Raj Goodman-Anand is the founder of Goodman Lantern, a team of native English content writing services that help businesses sell better and grow faster. Now, Goodman Lantern strongly believe in gender equality and women's economic empowerment, so much so that actually 80% of their existing team are women, which is fantastic to see. Raj is an engineer by profession, and he has founded three startups, raised capital and taken one venture from zero to acquisition. He has not only had a flourishing career within startups, but also within large and mid-sized organizations. So Raj has got such a plethora of experience around what sort of company cultures exist right from startups all the way through to mid-sized organizations, which is going to be hugely beneficial with sharing his perspective there. He's also won Business Week's Europe Young Entrepreneur and has been named one of the Revolution Magazine's 50 most influential people in digital, as well as speaking at various venues all around the world. As I'm sure you can tell from this introduction, he is a fantastic guest to have on, and I am so excited to hear from him. So welcome, Raj, to the show. Thank you, Rachel, and thanks for the opportunity. Good to be on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's fantastic to get your unique perspective. So I can't wait to dive into that. So thank you. Now, of course, I've talked a little bit about um, some of your career history and some of the achievements that you've had so far in your career. But I'd like to understand a little bit more from you about how your career path has led from sort of navigating that process surrounding the startups um, to where you are today with Goodman Lantern. Yeah, so I, I think 
a lot of this actually has been a journey where things happen, things, something were planned. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'm actually an engineer. I studied AI at university. Uh, was going to do a research, do a new PhD, and then sort of didn't survive the whole you know PhD situation. I kind of dropped out after the first year. Um, but um, I always believe passionately about entrepreneurship after university. Bizarrely, I'd never, I was never an entrepreneurial as a kid, never had limited stand as, as such, never sold stamps or, you know, uh, trump cards as such. I was just, I just got into the the mindset at university. And I think it's a muscle that you can build uh, yeah. entrepreneurship. Um, and then, you know, when I got the bug, right after university, I had my first business in, in social media software business, you know, did a lot of sales within that, marketing, um, you know, but that didn't go on to plan kind of at the end, end of three years. That was the end of that sort of tenure with the business. Then wrote a book for Financial Times on social media and, and, and recruitment. Then was working for a, a, a large Spanish organization in Madrid. Uh, at the same time, I was running another company, uh, a hen party company, which uh, <laughs> For people who don't know, uh, who are not from the UK, it's basically Bastard Party uh, Company. M- mainly, the, uh, the idea there was that you know, how can we make it? How can we simplify the whole idea and sell it online? So, really, really, you know, I would say good at uh, marketing online, the SEO, the content writing part. And I took that business from you know zero to the largest dance based hen party company in the country. So, mm-hmm. and then I sold the company out. So, um, you know, it was a good journey. Uh, then I took the Spanish company I was working for in the daytime uh, from seven and a half million to 45 million in revenue. Uh, again, back off like good content, storytelling, um, and, and and just, you know, just a passion for, I guess, B2B, uh, which is what I've, I've always been passionate about. So did a B2C sale, did a B2B growth. And then I thought to myself, hang on, you know, by making others uh, money, let's do it for ourselves. So <laughs> yeah. uh, seven years back, I started Good Middle Lantern. And the idea really is to take that that learnings I had from, you know, selling online content, remote working, employing a lot of women, actually, in, in my companies. I'm like, this is, this is what we need to do more and more and more. So we need to actually think about how can we empower women at the same time, but also actually build something which is actually helping them to have reliable, consistent income earning opportunities from their comfort of their home and be flexible at the same time. So that's how it all, all evolved and started. Yeah, well, that's fascinating. And thank you for sharing. And um, I've taken so much from what you said, but one of the things that stuck out was what you said right at the beginning about, you know, not necessarily being that natural entrepreneur from day one, but actually being able to grow that muscle as an entrepreneur. And I find that really interesting because like you, um, I often listen to lots of different podcast interviews with people who say, oh, I've known from day one that this is always what I wanted to do. And that certainly wasn't the case for me. And so I think that it's actually sometimes the case where getting out into the world and having a bit of experience and then realizing actually that this is the path for me um, can make it a lot more grounded for you because you've got that comparison to be able to know that it's the right path for you. So that was really interesting. And um, so you talked very much about kind of the culture surrounding female empowerment. And I'm just curious to understand where your passion for gender equality stemmed from. 
Was there a particular incident or was there a particular moment where you noticed behavior that you sort of wanted to help contribute towards? Yeah, so I, I think it's really important for me to have a legacy, uh, something which which I'm working towards. Um, and yes, making money is, is is awesome, but if that's the only objective of a company or company founder, there's a problem. Uh, because there will come a time you made enough money and you're like, now what? So it's it's actually worth thinking about beyond making money, what is your real passion? And for me, um, you know, I had the fortune to grow up in the Middle East and, and in India before I came to the UK 20 years back. And I've seen women, you know, who studying with me at you know, doing sciences or technology courses or at, at, at school. And you know, they didn't really make it the same way as the, the male counterparts did. And I just often wonder why that's the case. Like, why didn't mm-hmm. they make it? Well, they were way smarter than, than any of the, of the guys in, in the class. So what happened there? Um, plus, I've seen the struggle with friends and family, women, obviously, um, and how they didn't get the opportunity to, to shine. And it makes me think, you know, obviously, I, I have a mother, sister, wife, now a daughter who's one year old. And I think um, my daughter is ready to join the workforce. Will she be coming into a unfair economy, a workplace which is you know male dominated? I can't let that happen. You know, not not on my dime. So I'm I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make a small dent if I can. And uh, so so just you know just talking about it, and I want to do something about it. So I just said, okay, the company is going to be focused on women empowerment. We're going to actually help neutralize the tech market because we are in content writing, but actually a big part of our work is SEO. And we do a lot of work yeah. actually with, for tech companies. So we actually help neutralize this sort of gender uh, imbalance where there's more men than, 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 than women. So with more women in our company, overall, we are helping to kind of neutralize that kind of, that, that, that gap as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that it's important to do something about it and let the business be the, the the vehicle to kind of actually grow and make a change. So the money we earn is 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 spread across the whole company, and hopefully that will help a lot of women, especially women who can't you know who can't travel to work, for example, or want to work from home, want flexibility. This company focuses on on them equally as the others who are fully focused on a full time role. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic to hear. And I think, you know, to the listeners, Raj is somebody that has a genuine motivation behind actually wanting to provide this environment. Um, And I think that's that's quite fantastic to see because sometimes what we tend to see is that um, offering this kind of environment can sometimes be conditional. But in this case, it's very much driven by a genuine desire to actually address gender equality, which is fantastic to hear. So if we look at kind of your average organization then, Raj, as you know, you know, I talk about this quite a lot in, in my programs, but there's a lot of different behaviors that women can sometimes experience. Um, and these range from anything from, you know, appearance bias to microaggression, particularly in a meeting environment. Um, this could include anything from, you know, looking at the access to high profile jobs. So really having that kind of senior sponsor within the organization to help you put yourself forward. 
And I think that a lot of these challenges that women can experience in the workplace snowball so much to the effect that they chip away at the confidence that they have um, to actually go after a career path that aligns well with them. And some of the things that, that we've been talking about is, you know, what a difference it would make if there were male allies within organizations to almost kind of call out that behavior. And um, so from your perspective, in your opinion, what are some of the best ways that having male allies can almost break that bias? Well, I think the first step actually is someone like yourself, Rachel, who's actually passionate about this campaign and really promote this this cause because it's an important cause. Um, you know, this is a, a genuine challenge in industries and we need to sort, sort this problem out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of nice to see that already a lot of our customers, you know, half and half, you know, half male managers and half female managers, they all feel passionate enough to talk about this. So many a times when, when clients, you know, discover a good mainland, you know, start working with us, they, they discover the the value we create with this. And they feel equally passionate. And actually, they are the ones who are effectively funding this campaign to, mm. to promote women. So there are people out there who believe in this campaign. I think we just need to be sort of more open and uh, a bit a bit more sort of keen to spread the word because I think sometimes people feel a bit nervous to speak about it uh, yeah. because, you know, it, it, gender is always a, a, a difficult thing to discuss openly because there are stigmas attached to it. But if we start thinking about this a bit more, especially in, in the corporate sector, uh, it actually does help. And I know a lot of people in various companies across the world were very open to discussing this, to making this part of their, their campaign, and not only just the CSR, CSR campaign, but actually genuinely do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know a company recently I was speaking to uh, who would actively give women opp- women opportunities uh, because they they feel that they didn't get enough opportunities in the past. So they're, they're trying to train them up a little bit more so they are you know at at level with their male counterparts and then do a fairer interview process, for example. Yeah. And as and as men, we need to kind of start thinking about. You know, obviously, there's a bias when when you, when you look when you into anybody as as individuals. The bias is to find somebody who looks like us, talks like us, behaves like us. This is just a natural human bias. But I think it's not helpful to kind of hire people just like ourselves. In fact, if we look at the studies which have been done, a diverse workforce is a more profitable workforce. Mm-hmm. If all you care about is profit, even then, it makes sense to hire a diverse workforce so, <laughs> so this is the, the reality of the corporate world i'm just going to speak it out in a, in a corporate tone this is what it's all about it's about diversity so you know i invite others to think about this in this in this way but also to make a, make a real impact by looking at your hr manuals and having a policy in the company to have a diverse way of thinking mm. yeah I definitely agree with you. And I think as well, that's such a good point of even if your goal is to, you know, continue on the profit line, this will still contribute towards it. So even if you can't do it for, you know, the more genuine reasons, have a look at, you know, creating a more diverse workforce because of those unique perspectives. You know, I always talk about the fact that we all have 
a complete unique experience of the world. Only us individually have experienced everything that we have. And so, of course, getting everybody else's opinions and perspectives is going to be so powerful in creating a, a, an organization that effectively is serving an audience. So your organization is serving an audience that, again, all have unique perspectives. So being able to be relatable across the board um, is going to be hugely beneficial in terms of resonating with that audience. So I, I, I like that you said that. And I think as well, you know, when we looked at the best way that male allyship um, can help break the bias, the answer that you gave was very much geared towards how leaders can, can contribute towards that. So very much looking at policies and, you know, looking at creating that environment and that culture. But I think one of the challenges that I often see is that organisations put everything in place. So they've got the policies, they've got, they've made it very clear, you know, what their goals are towards that. But then there's individuals within teams that don't necessarily portray the behavior that aligns with those. Um, so we still see things like microaggressions. So, you know, speaking over people in meetings, you know, pinching their ideas and passing them off as your own. These things still tend to happen, um, as I would sort of say, down on the ground. And I think that having male allyship within these environments to be able to actually call out that behavior is really powerful. Um, have you ever seen any examples of that or have you actually been in that situation before? Yes, I have. I, I, I have. I mean, I've worked at various companies in, 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 in my sort of corporate life and I've seen this. Um, although what I'll say is that where, where I saw these things happen, the agenda didn't have uh, sort of women empowerment or a diverse workforce at all. And Yes, I agree that it does happen in sort of mid-management, lower management, or, you know, sort of at ground level, it does happen. But culture of a company comes from right from the top. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the leadership believes in an idea, this, this is like a pretty much like a rule book for everybody to play with or a playbook to kind of follow, it does help to inculcate that culture into others as well. If mm-hmm. this was just a sort of a, you know, oh, we'll just try to be, uh, you know, let's we'll try to be more, more, you know, diverse, that's not good enough. There needs to be a, a proper goal set within the company to have a, a, a diverse mindset. Uh, and, and that's important. So where I've seen this, in, it is in my experience, and probably is because, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time sort of working with boards and, 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 and working with, uh, with management. Um, the companies which didn't have this as a agenda in their organization there, it's there where it actually was prevalent more than the ones which which, which did have it. So mm-hmm. it's important that the leadership is actually involved in this this mindset, and this is something which is put into the sort of the, the whole rule book of the company or the the HR manual or whatever else that might be. But it's something which they genuinely believe in. Uh, I know companies who currently, for example, hire um, uh, people who are displaced, for example, so refugees, for instance, they hire refugees in the, in the, in the company because they believe in, you know, refugees having equal opportunities. And there's mm-hmm. some people who hire a lot of expats because they believe that it's good to have like, you know, migrants, migrant workers as well. So I think every company has a different policy and different way of thinking, but 
there's an initiative to kind of make a difference to really help this impact we feel because of you know people being sort of not getting the right opportunities or, and at the right time and suffering from that yeah okay so very much leading from the front and making an example of you know what the culture is and what your expectations are of other people within the organization to almost you know mirror that and, and continue those values throughout with that in mind I know we've talked about HR policies and and company handbooks and that sort of thing. And I'm just sort of thinking out loud here, but with that in mind, what do you think is the best way to almost onboard people into that culture and give them the resources to make sure that that behavior is continued? Well, for us, maybe, you know, let me start with like what we do, for example. Mm, Yeah, it'd be great to hear. Firstly, like, like like other companies, we have have you know four core values. Um, so we hire based on those on those value system. So everybody comes into the company has the same mindset, and, and you know, first hire for values and then hire for skills is what we we, we try to kind of do. Um, and then everybody we hire, we we have this kind of focus to grow their careers. So when I hire even an assistant, I tell them, listen, if you do a great job. I hope one day you become a CEO of the company and mm-hmm. that will allow me to do something else in life. So that's, that's awesome. So it's empowering the people coming to the company all the time. And when, when you hire for values, then everybody who is in the company is a similar mindset. And as, as, as when they grow in the company and they hire people under them, they have people with the same value system, like, like perhaps like what I do, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very powerful because when we when we have people obviously to scale a company up to grow from you know from one to ten ten to hundred hundred thousand you need you know management you need people to kind of take over your roles for instance as a founder and when that happens you need to kind of make sure that people who are taking your position have the same mindset as yourself so you know as a, as a CEO of the company my role is to coach people my, my role is to kind of help and support my my team and be there when they are down or when they are when they want to grow further. Um, so if I hire them the same mindset, the same value system, they will become people who, who I can trust to kind of handle the situation and hire more people just like them. Uh, that's one way of doing this. Number two is reminding our teams regularly that there is this kind of mindset that you have. I mean, obviously when people come, we're a small company, but when we have like a sort of a, a, a playbook as it were, and which you, which you pass on to every person in the company that is, is part-time, full-time, contractor, uh, you know, whatever it might be, they all have to go to the same, same workbook. It's just show them. This is how we came from. We have very humble beginnings and we have become where we have today because we believe we have a mission in life. And if you follow the mission as well, you'll grow with us. And one day, hopefully, you'll become the CEO of the company and you'll hire more people just like yourself. Yeah. I think that's that's a really good way to look at it almost from day one, this is our expectation, and then cons- constantly almost reinforcing that um, at opportunities and particular times within the year. Um, do you have anything like sort of like conference days or away days? I know that obviously a lot of your team are remote, um, but do you have any points during the year where you kind of take people away from that day-to-day to kind of reinforce that culture? Yeah, so we 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 do. We have um, 
like away days uh, last time before the pandemic, we took people to Bangkok. Which was oh, wow. That's an away day and, and a half. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Um, they work hard and we need to make, make sure that they, they're obviously awarded for, for their hard work. And so we, especially for the people who are more involved and in the business, we, we fly them all out to Bangkok and uh, we, we do a three, four days retreat uh, where we bring back those you know, the mindset, you know, we do presentations for ourselves. Like, so we all prepare presentations over different topics and, and we allow ourselves to kind of learn from each other, bring in speakers and reinforce the value system we have in the company. Mm-hmm. That's paramount because with remote, remote culture, you need that kind of thing. Plus we also obviously have online sessions where we do sort of get togethers, um, sort of, um, regularly to kind of help bring the culture of togetherness because it's harder when you're working remotely, when you're on your own, you need yeah. someone to help, help them. Plus when we do weekly check-ins with our, with our team, we first ask them how they're doing, how are they emotionally, mentally, how can we help them? And then talk about the work part of, of our business. Wow. That sounds incredible. And I think that that in itself making that investment into ensuring that everybody is on the same page and, you know, constantly checking in on how people are shows that the fact that as an organization, it's not just a case of, you know, we'll throw it in the handbook. It's actually about, we're going to get you together and we'll show you, we'll show you our commitment, we'll show you the way that we're wanting to operate and show you also that it's for your greater good as somebody who works for the organization. So, Really, you're just constantly creating that buy-in to the cultures, but also reinforcing that. So that sounds fantastic. I'm sure there's going to be people listening to this that think, I want to go and work at Goodman Lantern. <laughs> well, please do apply. We're looking people are kind of growing uh, all the time. So if you're looking, if, especially if you're a writer, editor, SU specialist, um, tech, somebody in tech, please do apply. We'd love to have a chat with you. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. Sounds like some great opportunities. Um, So in terms of, you've talked quite a lot actually about how you live your values almost and how you demonstrate those, which is really fantastic. If you were to recommend to other organizations ways that they can begin to kind of live their values, aside from obviously the ways that are working for you in your organization being fairly remote, can you think of any ways that you'd recommend for organizations to live their values day to day? Well, I, I would say, you know, have values which you could believe in. I think a lot of companies have values which they don't believe in at all. They just have some very nice corporate words there to kind of sound like they have some. I think the first step really is to have values that represent you as a company and as an individual, as a founder of a company, um, and then review them like review them regularly to see that they, they still align with your current mission goal. Uh, you know, we had, had to add one value, which, which I didn't have in, on day one, which was integrity. Because mm. we, we always have integrity as part of our, you know, commitment to our team and our, and our customers. We never had that as a, as a core value in our, you know, in for us in a handbook, for example. And so we're like, okay, let's put that in because this is something we, 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 this is what we believe in. So we all about. Um, I think also um, values only are worth worth having is when you actually implement them. So mm-hmm. how do you showcase your, your value system to, to your team? 
Um, I mean, for example, you know, a big part of our system is experimentation. So, uh, so what does that mean? That means that if, if, you know, we are open to people making mistakes, you know, and these mistakes can be, can be sometimes very costly, but does that mean that me as a manager, me as a founder get, will get upset about it? If someone, you know, does an experiment for three months and doesn't, doesn't go well, uh, I should be open to the idea that this is part of core values and this is what we, we said we will do. And instead of, you know, putting the team down or pointing fingers at the team, how can I help them improve or make it better or learn from the experience and say, you know what, it happens. It's part of our, it's part of our, our way of being. And we are today where we are because of experimentation. So well done you for doing it. Yes, this didn't work out, but I'm sure something else will come out from this. And I'll tell you what, today where we are uh, with, with content writing came from experimentation we did many years back. We began the company doing market research and, and software development. We got to where we are today thanks to experimentation. So we are an example of you know how to implement values because if we wouldn't be here today if we didn't experiment back in the day, for instance. And I'm sure any company which has grown is grown because they have these values which they believe in and have worked on those and the team is aligned on those and then you know one plus one becomes three instead of, of two. That's what actually you know, works really well for a company. Um, and doesn't matter if they're remote or, or in-person teams, it works equally well. Values are an important part for any company, in, in any setting, in any country, any location, any, any type. I love that about the experimentation because I think so often organizations are frightened to invest time and not get that return. It's all about kind of measuring, mm, will we get the right ROI here? But actually, as you rightly said, you know, you may not have got to where you were today if you hadn't have tried something new and realized actually that's really working for us. So I think that that's a really good value to have because you're not missing out on anything that could have been and you're not, you know, a lot of organizations almost refuse to adapt to change in some ways. Um, and they kind of have this mantra of, oh, we've always done it this way. And it's almost like a reverse value really for them because, mm-hmm. They kind of say, oh, well, this is the way that we've always done it. And that's part of our heritage, our DNA. But actually not adapting to change and looking at new areas that you could be playing in can obviously be detrimental. So I think that experimentation is a great one. And actually, I don't think it's a value that I've I've heard that many organizations speaking of. So that's really interesting to hear. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's an important one for us. You know, we are... We are you know, I'm a I'm an engineer uh, by by training, and I think experimentation is a big part of of engineering as well. So why not? You know, why not be make it a part of our our DNA? Wonderful. Oh, good. Well, I think this has been a really valuable conversation. I think that anyone who is listening, who's thinking about you know how male allyship can help you know champion gender diversity in leadership roles. I think you've given some phenomenal examples about, you know, how it really does have to be part of that culture and it has to be really led from the top, demonstrated, but also reinforced throughout the year, you know, not just saying, well, this is our values and then leaving it at the door. It's very much showing that you are actually open to demonstrating that regularly. So I think that's hugely valuable um, for me as obviously interviewing you but also will definitely be available for a lot of 
listeners who are considering what their company culture is and how that's contributing to that goal of gender diversity in leadership. So thank you so, so much for coming onto the show. If people want to connect with you or perhaps do a bit of research into Goodman Lantern, what's the best way to find you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you look for Raj Goodman Anand, hopefully one person called Raj Goodman Anand uh, on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> very, very bizarre sort of uh, words come together. But yeah, there you go, Raj Goodman Anand on LinkedIn. Or, uh, or the company, obviously, check out our website, goodmanlantern.com. Uh, you can check out uh, our website and you know what we do is a page about uh, our company, our culture, our careers page, for example, you know, apply for, for a role with us. So uh, yeah, please get in touch and you do if you do look me up on LinkedIn, drop me a message. I love to hear from people, so do connect with me and uh, yeah, drop 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 a little message. That'd be great. Wonderful, thank you so much. I'm sure people love to be invited to connect because sometimes you can think, oh, I'd love to get their opinion on this, but I don't want to bother them. So it's really kind of you to invite people to do so. Um, any final words of wisdom for us, Raj, before we end the episode? Um, I, I'm well. What I'll say is, you know, um, I want to just. Big you up, Rachel, for 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 having this cause that you believe in and doing something about it. You know, a lot of a lot of us um, might have a mission in life, or we have a, have a passion or a belief. We don't do anything about it. And what you're doing here is very powerful. You're making people understand, see a different viewpoint, which is very powerful. So, you know, I just want to say, you know, big up, big up yourself, Rachel. Well done, you. Uh, a lot of kudos, and you know, I'm sure. A lot of listeners today will be inspired by this and will want to do more and more so for themselves, for their companies and others in the, in the ecosystem. So well done, you. Oh, thank you so much. That's really, really kind. And it makes my day to connect with like-minded people who have that same mission and have the same belief system. And I think that it is becoming more and more widespread, which is fantastic to hear, but it's just great to have good quality conversations. So I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Rachel. Thank you so much for listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. If you like what you heard, please do leave me a rating and a review. And if you want to find out more about my group coaching program for organizations who are keen to address gender diversity in leadership roles, please do visit my website. It is rachelharriotcoaching.co.uk and you'll find this information under the corporate coaching section. Have a great day.